Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. The former Arkansas Razorback baseball player, Tyler Spoon. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. D1Baseball.com editor, Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star, Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. Former Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast. And we are coming to you live from the Hyman Studios. I am your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me once again is Jacob Davis, and we are brought to you by Bet Online. And there might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From score totals, player performances, props, and to where the next fired coach is going to be going. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with a new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our pro bowl code BELIEVE to get you started. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Jacob, and we'll start again. I kind of apologize. We got recording. We, man, we got five minutes into it, and I said, that gummit, I hit, forgot to hit record. So, <laughs> hey, let, let's start it again, man. And, and National Signing Day, it, it's not what's, what it used to be, but still it's it's big and and. One thing I've noticed also is they're getting a lot more PWOs for those who don't know it's preferred walk-on. So, I mean, talk a little bit about the you know the National Signing Day. Some of the guys that Arkansas got and didn't get, and because there was one that we were talking about, kind of dodged a bullet. One went to Campbell. So you know, just give us a rundown of National Signing Day for Arkansas. Yeah, obviously it hurt our recruiting ranking to lose Miles Rouser. I mean, that stinks. But he wound up at Campbell. Uh, he's going to be a Campbell there. And and best of luck to him. I mean, I hope whatever whatever happened here, he's a very talented kid. And I hope uh, whatever whatever is going on in his direction, I, I, hope, it, I hope the best for him. And, and maybe he can transfer back to Arkansas one day. That's the beauty of a transfer portal. Obviously, Arkansas, they're uh, currently ranked in, uh, 26 overall in the in, uh, 247 composite. Uh uh, recruiting rankings but when you turn it to they the, the cool thing about 247 sports is they not only have the high school ranking uh, but they also can add in the transfer ranking too which picks the class up to 18 so that's that's a really good thing there uh too i mean they signed a guy like isaiah satania andrew uh andrew uh whew, man i'm going going blind there andrew chambly and yeah, Mary chambly, Harris, yep. patrick kudos yeah 
Uh, Quincy McAdoo, a strong, really and then Nico. A really strong. Did they get Nico and, yeah. as well? Yep. Nico Davier. Yeah. So I mean, Arkansas's bringing in some pretty talented guys uh, on the roster. I think it really helps transition and uh, going forward for Arkansas uh, as they continue to build this foundation uh, under Sam Pittman. This was a quality class. It it got your needs. Yeah. You didn't sign a quarterback. You didn't sign a quarterback. But you, you you pretty much provided your needs going forward. Well, and a lot of people get caught up in the in, in the rankings, and you know it, we know that you're, it's hard, you know, competing with the Alabamas and the Georgias and the LSU's and Floridas every year, and you see the ninth in, in the SEC, but you you get to throw caution to that because you're looking at the recruiting class now and not necessarily where they're going to be in three to four years. I mean, Texas a and ms boasting over the number one recruiting class ever. Let's see how many of those kids stick around with Jimbo. Let's see how many of them go to the transfer portal themselves. Or, you know, how many of them people is going to produce on the field? I mean, we've seen last year in Clemson with the quarterback. Look at Spencer Rattler. All these guys that were high-class kids, when it got to their time to shine, they didn't produce – up to their potential or what people thought. So it, it's cool to look at window dressing, but when you are going, you got to look at the finished product. And I will take, I don't care if Arkansas gets a 35th to 40th ranked recruiting class. I'll take that any day in them getting nine, 10 wins a year. Look at Michigan State and what they did with three stars and four stars. Their recruiting rankings weren't always the best, but D'Antonio always seemed to get the most out of his players, and I think that's what Sam Pittman's going to be doing with his his players at Arkansas. But you're flipping kids. You're getting an Isaiah Centangia that went was going to go to a Oregon, then it was you know reports of him maybe going to A and M, and for him to come to Arkansas just shows you that the kids want to come play for Sam Pittman and they want to win. Oh yeah. And that's the beauty of this in-state deal is there has to be pride in the state of Arkansas. And I remember when, when you were growing up, when I was growing up, it was a big deal to be a Razorback. And, and then you've gone through this decade of misery and, and Sam Pittman finally gets, gets these hogs back on track. And it's promising. These guys are dark horse contenders going forward. And, and then you have the number three ranked class in 2023 currently. Things are looking good. The hog is strong, and Arkansas football is is back with uh, back to national respect. Now they're getting it now. And, and I wanted to ask you, you know, with Georgia winning the national championship and and taking that crown per se from Alabama, you know, and with the transfer portal and more kids going to other schools, I mean, do do you see it being not as hard for a team like Arkansas to make it maybe to Atlanta or make it to a Sugar Bowl because th- there's more teams being competitive. Not every single person's going to an Alabama. You're not going to have that big dominance that you've seen. And I'm still waiting on Texas A&M. I mean, it's one of them things that they keep on boasting about the recruiting rankings, but I'm not sold on Jimbo Fisher being that coach That because who's their quarterback? You know, they're, they're boasting about what they're going to do and how they're – yeah, they beat Alabama, but that was their Super Bowl. You know, they got beat yeah. by LSU last year. So, until he proves that he can climb that ladder, kind of like what Kirby had to do, nobody gave them a chance until it got done. Until Kirby 
And and Stetson Bennett, everybody before the game, they were like, well, when's JT Daniels coming in the game? But it took them doing it to finally give them that respect. But sometimes that's what it takes. You can always get there, but it's what you do when you get there that makes the difference. And Georgia has taken that crown from Alabama for the year. For the year. Nobody will ever have another program like Alabama in the history. But for the sake of what Arkansas is trying to do and climb that mountain, I think Georgia winning and other teams being becoming competitive is going to help Arkansas's climb because more people are wanting to come play for Arkansas. Yeah, and you look at A&M right now, and how many years consecutively have they had top ten classes and right. they're still finishing eight right. and four? Like, is that their ceiling? Is eight to nine wins their ceiling? Who knows? I mean, they have to prove it, and they're not going to prove it next season. These are true freshmen. It is hard as heck to go into the SEC as an 18-year-old kid and compete with the grown men around you that are on the same roster as you are. It's going to take you a year or two, especially the guys that are on defensive line. There's Unless they recruited seven, Jadavian Clowns, I don't see them. I don't see them competing uh, as freshmen uh, as a young team next year early on. But that's just my opinion, man. Yeah, and just with the, again with the national signing day and just what Arkansas has brought in and and the kids that preferred walk-ons and getting the chance and you know I want to give a shout out my hometown. You know Brock Burns from Ozark getting a preferred walk-on. You know and uh, such a proud moment. These in-state kids that. You want to talk about people who want to become a hog. You look at these preferred walk-ons that are going and taking the chance of putting on that Razorback uniform knowing they're not getting a scholarship. They're having to fit the bill for the school, you know, the 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 college and they don't get the perk. They don't get to travel. They don't get, you know, they're basically practice players. And you've seen yeah. some, what some of these preferred walk-ons have become. So I mean, it's really cool to see that I've noticed in the last couple of years that there's been more kids that are taking these PWOs to go to Arkansas. And I think a lot of that has to do with the success of Arkansas. They're willing to go to school. I want to pay – if i got to pay to go to Arkansas, I want to go play for this man. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, shout-out to Cam Bibby out of Eldorado, my hometown. He he signed with Arkansas as a preferred preferred walk-on as well. So, yeah, big-time, big-time preferred walk-on program there. And and Brett Bielma really did a a good job at a preferred walk-on program while he was at Arkansas. And, and, you know, you want to stack your roster because, you know, as you saw last year during the COVID year, 2020, you you probably needed all 105 men on your roster at some point. It's important to have uh, depth. And I think that showed us more last year than anything is, is depth is needed, especially in your whole 105-man roster. Yeah, and, and moving on, you know, the, the basketball game. I mean, another thing, a team that just keeps on climbing is the men's basketball team and a good, solid win over Georgia. I know it was not the best team in the league, but, you know, you're going on the road and you're taking care of business and you're not beating teams by three to five points. You're not eking it out at the end. You know, this team has finally come around and, and shown, you know, that they're one of the top three, four teams in the league, and we're about to really find out how good they are because Auburn comes to town next Tuesday. But what does that say at this point of the year that they are going on the road? They're not having to eke out these wins. They're taking care of business. But, you know, earlier in the year, starting off 0-3, the year before, you know, 
two and four. You know, you've got guys that you're questioning like Chris Likes, and then he comes up and gets seven assists. Then you've got Stanley Umude who went off for 31. Of course, Jalen Williams is – I mean, he's one of them the most consistent and who I think is the MVP of the season. Just on both sides of the ball, what he's done. And it's really awesome to see this team finally come together. They're assuming what we talked about last week on the podcast – they are really starting to realize their role, and you see it by these convincing wins, and that is what they needed for a game like coming up against Auburn. Yeah, it's, it is tough as heck to win in the SEC, especially on the road. And Arkansas hasn't had a history of winning on the road since Nolan Richardson. Mike Anderson started doing it, and then Eric Musselman has won a lot of games early on on the road, and that's what – and, and, and yeah, they, they lost to Hofstra. Yeah. Where in the world is Hofstra? <laughs> I, I still don't even know where they're at. I thought like, it was a European this, school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this squad lost to Hofstra. They, they had an ugly win against Elon right before conference play started. And, and they lose three straight to start conference season. And then you see them come around against AM. And they just look like a different team. This is the team that Eric Musselman assembled that he thought he was getting earlier in the summer. And he said that in his uh, post-game interview with the media last night. He said that this is a the team. They, they showed me in the summer that they could shoot. This 15 threes in one game doesn't surprise him because he knew this team could shoot. Stanley Mude just went off. And that guy, I, I, I've named him Uncle Stanley because that guy, <laughs> he's a fifth-year senior. He's been around a while. The dude is just a hard-working, blue-collar player, and he's going to outwork you. He's going to come up there. He's going to give you your best every single night. No, it doesn't matter. There's some nights, like the game before last year uh, was against a and where he didn't score a, a thing. He's zilch. But he he contributed in other ways in the game. Uh, Musselman admired his intensity on defense, intensity on the boards, uh, and shooting. And he just shot really well. Guys coming around – and and you have a team assembled with J.D. Note, Jalen Williams coming along, Stanley Amude really playing great basketball right now. And this team, they're getting ready for March. Yeah, and I, I mean, of course, you know, with their free throw percentage, I mean, they shot 57% from the free throw line. But when you're hitting 15 threes, 53%, here's another couple of stats. They had 23 assists and 11 steals. They forced 11 steals and 17 – or. Yeah, Georgia ended up having 19 turno- total turnovers, but Arkansas had 11. So they're doing it on both sides. They're sharing the ball and getting steals. Had 35 rebounds. I mean, they're doing it all. You want to talk about uh, uh, the three, what do they call it, facets of the game. You know, you're shooting, you're rebounding, and your turnovers. You've got to limit your turnovers. Yeah, they, you know, they had 13 themselves, but as long as you're, you know, you're a minus six when it comes to the turnovers. So you're still – Below, but the biggest thing, what we've said the past couple of weeks with this team, they held them to 45% shooting, 24 out of 53. Their three-point percentage was up at 47. They only they hit eight out of 17, but what really helped Arkansas again is, you know, Georgia wasn't due. They were shooting 65% from the free throw line. So you're getting all sides of the ball, and if you're playing really good defense, that's going to affect Everything like I just got pointing out with with the stats because you're getting them gassed. You're at the free throw line. They're trying to catch their breath, and so when you're shooting 65 percent from the free throw line, that helps you out. And then of course 
you know, 24 for 53 from the from the field, you know, again, are, are they getting bad shots? Are they getting four shots? And then you're getting behind, and how many of those threes were in garbage time, you know, trying to really kind of play catch-up. But, I mean, Arkansas outscored them 46 to 26 in the second half. I mean, this is kind of like what we've talked about with the football team in the halftime adjustments. When it was 53-47 at halftime and then you outscore them by 20 in the second half, that shows you your depth. That shows you your halftime adjustments, and that shows you that you're just outworking people. And you're, I mean, in the game, like I said, 99 to 73, almost 100 points. So they do have a kind of, I wouldn't say a trap game, but they got a game against Mississippi State this weekend, upcoming before the Auburn game. So it's kind of like you, you hope they don't look ahead to Auburn, but I don't think this team is built that way. I don't think there's a lot of, you know, it, it's not like you've got a bunch of scorers like, you know, Moses Moody and, um, you know, Jones and Mason Jones, yeah, and Isaiah Joe. You don't have like three, four guys that, you know, they're winning games by 20, 30 points, and you know, I mean, this team's still trying to find their identity of they're playing together, but I think they're going to go into this Mississippi State game just like they have any other game, take care of business, and then welcome in Auburn. Yeah, and the I just want to say – the SEC, they have such parity in this conference. I mean, Georgia's only win was against Alabama in conference play. Yeah, yeah. they're the same the same Alabama yeah. team that's beaten Gonzaga. They've beaten Houston, and they've beaten uh, who was the other uh, Baylor. Yep. They've beaten the three final four teams from last season, but they've also like Georgia and the likes of some pretty horrible teams. They lost to Memphis earlier in the non conference season. And, and it's just crazy how how crazy the parity is in college basketball. I, I still think Auburn is the top dog in the conference, but I think it's a, a big old race for second right now. Yeah, when, when you beat your rival 181, I mean, they're on a mission. I mean, they, they got off the Big 12 SEC, beat Oklahoma 86-68, and then on Tuesday they beat uh, Alabama 181. So – they got to play Georgia, so they get. It's almost like both teams kind of get a little. Not, I wouldn't say cupcake, but I mean, right? That they get um, kind of an overshadowed game before. I mean, Mississippi State—they're yeah. five and three in conference, but Arkansas six and three. But it, it, it's easy and, easy to say Auburn gets the easier matchup, but right. just with how Arkansas has been playing. And they're ready for Auburn, but Auburn gets another kind of trap game. But it's hard to say any any game's a trap game when you're twenty one and one. Yeah, and Arkansas, they're on a revenge tour here. They they came back and they beat Texas A and M. Now they get get to have revenge over Mississippi State. Are they gonna be focused to get that win at home? And then will Bud Walton be rocking? If Arkansas wins against State, takes care of business, how will they look on Tuesday against Auburn? How will the fans show up? What will the – I mean, I know it's not going to be like a crowd like Texas and Texas Tech was the other night. That that place was rocking down there in Lubbock. Can Fayetteville, can Bud Walton Arena be rocking like that when they beat number one Auburn? I, I think it's a good chance because it's at 6 o'clock. So, you know, yeah. it, it's not going to be a late, late game. You're going to have their people there early getting run off work and, and heading to the game. So it's not going to be one of them games where – Everybody knows it's going to be 8, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock before they're getting done. So, man, Tuesday yeah. at 6 o'clock, we know it's going to be rocking. And 
I think for the simple fact that it's Auburn and, you know, you, you want to beat Bruce Pearl and they're turning into that Kentucky type deal. But it's almost like I was talking to somebody the other day uh, um, on, on Twitter. They were talking about, do you rush the court if you beat a team like Auburn? And I'm like, no, because I don't want to give Auburn that ego. Like right. they're up there with Kentucky. You know, yes, you want right. to beat Auburn. And, of course, if you beat the number one team in the nation – if the fans and the students want to rush, by all means, go ahead. I'm not telling right. you not to, but just me personally, I'm like, I don't want their ego if they can see. Now we're like Kentucky. We're up there we're like Kentucky because it's almost like you hate Auburn just as much. I put Auburn, that hate I have for Auburn, up there with like LSU. You just hate them because there's no respect. Like Kentucky, you you hate him, but you got to respect the tradition. Auburn Oh, yeah. and, and and LSU, the, the coaches, I mean, Bruce Pearl just got a lifetime contract. Will Wade's wiretap Will Wade. I mean, it's just one of them things that it's hard to respect when you know that they are cheating. They are, You know that they're doing things, and they just get to walk away scot-free. And that's where I put Auburn at. I put them on LSU. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I ain't going to tell the fans not to rush the court, but I just – I don't know. It's almost kind of like I don't want to give them that gratification. Yeah. I don't want to stroke their ego as an everything school either. But that the Bear Arkansas's never beaten a number one, uh, number one ranked team at home ever. It didn't ever happen in Barnhill. Never has happened in Budwater. It doesn't it doesn't happen very often. Arkansas's one and eleven all time that I could that I could research and find. Arkansas's one and eleven all time, and their only win against the number one team in the nation was when they played North Carolina in Pine Bluff at the Pine Bluff Convention Center back in 1984. And they they beat the Michael Jordan UNC Tar Heels, which is a big win. So, yeah, if you if Arkansas wins on Tuesday and they and they beat the number 1 team in the nation, rush the court cuz you Arkansas's not had many chances. And that's just what I mean, I don't care if you're Auburn, I don't care if you're the Elon, I don't care if you're Hofstra. If you're the number 1 team in the nation and you never beat the number 1 team in the nation at your home court, rush it. Just go. I would do it. If I was there. <laughs> yeah. And before we wrap up this first segment, I want to tell you about our friends at Masterworks. And what I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing, too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Manette, and Warhol. And even great at the price outpaced by the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2020 and 2021 from the sale of the two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access with their game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe and see the important disclosures at masterworks.com slash declaimer. And Jacob, you know, we, we got the baseball team coming up and in segment two, you know, we're going to have Cabo come on and, and really give a breakdown of the baseball team. But it, it's a few weeks away. So, I mean, what, what are you looking forward to, you know, that first couple of series and then they go down to Round Rock and play in that uh, the big series? Yeah, so I mentioned it to a couple of buddies of mine. Uh, they, I think Arkansas needs to figure out their pitching rotation. Who's who's going to be the studs to step up? Obviously, uh, I think uh, Kevin's going to talk about 
uh, the emergence of Connor Nolan this past weekend. Uh, I know he's going to talk about that. Uh, you know, figuring out your your hitting uh, your your lineup. Uh, who's who's going to be your uh, who's going to be at the top of the order? Who's going to be at the bottom of the order? Because I mean, it's basically loaded. They have so much talent coming back. Uh, I want to see what Jace can do. Uh, is he going to be infielder? Or is he going to be an outfielder? There, Arkansas has got a a lot of things going for him. Uh, you got big shot Bob Moore, uh, and you got Jalen Battles coming back. Uh, who's going to solidify themselves at first base? There's a lot of questions, but there's also a lot of things you can look forward to. Man, I wish Charlie Welch would have come back. Yeah, and it's it's awesome to see, you know, because I'm very excited. And, and, again, you know, we'll go into detail of what we talked about next segment, but it's like with the new facilities, the new – the new swag in that, you know, the confidence this team has. I'm really looking forward to, you know, what what happens with this baseball team because, you know, it didn't end the way everybody wanted to. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Connor Nolan does in his final year as a Razorback. Yeah. Oh, and my boy Jackson Wiggins. Can't forget yeah. about that guy. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a stud. But, yeah, I uh, will finish off by uh, uh, promoting my uh, – uh, some of my people that that uh, endorse the Hog Talk podcast, McCoy Tiger Drugstore, Sheridan, Arkansas, has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. Ha, that's cool. They not only can fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas, Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. Yeah, and we're all, man, we're always thankful for all of our sponsors. Again, with A-Plus Insurance Company in Ozark, Arkansas, Workman's Travel Center, you know, Heinemann Services, our live studio. You know, we have really gained some friendships and some bonds with our new, new sponsors, and we're really happy to bring on Shelby Taylor Trucking and the McCoy Tiger Pharmacy. So it's really awesome. I'm really looking forward to what 2022 – brings us Jacob this is our second episode and I'm telling you what man if the basketball team keeps rolling we got baseball coverage we've got women's softball we got women's basketball and hopefully if everything works out I will be going to the SEC women's tournament and bringing us all the live coverage from there so you know it's it's really cool to uh, be able to cover the teams I got the credentials sent in so hopefully I'll be able to go to Nashville at the first of March. Oh, yeah. Spring season is always a fun time of the year, man. So so loaded with sports and stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, that will do it for segment one. After the break, we have the guru, Kevin Bohannon. So catch us after the break. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Dot com. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. 
Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. We now go to the Workman's Travel Center hotline, and we bring in our good buddy, Kevin Bohannon. Uh, Kevin, uh, first, before we get started, you, you have a little uh, change of scenery. I mean, you, you recently... Uh, you know, went away from the, the podcast to focus on your high school baseball stuff, but uh, you, you've got a new little position coming up, and I'm kind of excited for you to tell our audience about that. Yeah, um, baseball taking me a lot of places throughout the country, made a lot of really good relationships in the state. Um, when I started this three years ago with Randy Rainwater on, on the buzz, it was hey, we just want to talk about postseason baseball and just talk about some players. And Randy, who has done just as much for high school sports, you know, think about that with him and Steve Sullivan. Those two are iconic in what they've done for high school athletics. So I was, you know, fortunate enough that, you know, he relied on me to be able to bring something to his show and talk baseball. And that just kind of snowballed and, has opened up some opportunities and I'll uh, get to write a little bit about Razorback baseball this, this spring with Andrew Hutchinson over at the hogbeat.com with rivals on the rivals network. And um, I, I met Hutch a couple of years ago and he, of course, with me coaching the prospects and having, you know, up teen signees that have, you know, gone to Fayetteville, Caden Wallace, Jackson Wiggins, Tyler Cacciatore, um, the ones that are up there right now, Casey Martin was in our program. You know, he, he always reached out for some information and I volunteer some every now and then because there, there's some stuff that you see having been a former coach and being a part of some of these young athletes life that it's good for fans to see, to know that at the end of the day, that these are young men who are going out there playing a game they love. And it was just kind of a different perspective. We, we hooked up and, decided, hey, um, he's done a great job with baseball coverage in the state. That's pretty been, you know, unmatched with, with anybody else as far as statewide. And uh, I think we're going to do some big things over there this spring. Well, and, and what I wanted to say is just what it, you being a baseball guy, you doing the prospects, you know, you yeah. doing high school sports. I mean, a lot of attention goes on the football and the basketball, and then it kind of just drops off. So, what does that mean to you that people, one, want to pay attention to baseball, high school baseball on a, on a grander stage? Yeah. Where does that show you where that's come? And, and what do you think it means to the players that now they're seeing that they're getting the notoriety too? It's not just basketball. And then let's go off to ne- next season football. Yeah, because it used to be football, basketball, off-season football, football. So yeah. – uh, and, and I've had a lot of kids reach out and parents and they they just say, thank you. And I said, look, guys, this is when I was in high school and Porter, you can attest to this. Also, there was more statewide media coverage of football, basketball, baseball, track and field. I remember every Sunday that they used to have the, the top times in the state for the 100, 200 long jump, triple, uh, triple jump wasn't around back then, but high jump and just seeing who could break a state record. Baseball had a top 10, overall top 10, and then a top 10 in each classification for 1A through 4A. They had stats every week. 
So that that was the biggest thing is can we get back there? Of course, the media has changed since then with the the advent of the internet and information at the at, at the touch of your fingertips. But could we get back to that in some form or fashion? And that that's really opened the door and it's a trickle down effect. Razorback baseball is going good. Football, basketball, doesn't matter the sport. More attention gets paid to the in-state athletes because there's a potential that they're going to go to the University of Arkansas. I think they signed 10 in the recent signing class for 22 and then had a couple of more uh, preferred walk-ons. So it's the same thing in baseball. You know, the the recent class had 17 uh, commits or for the 22 class and there's seven in-state guys. So those kids deserve the attention. They deserve the recognition. And the more we can get their name out there, it helps Arkansas on the national level. Yeah, and before we get into the the Arkansas baseball, I mean, I think one thing people don't realize is just how many baseball teams there is in the state. And we see, you know, Hooten's Magazine football, when it it comes out and the coverage they give just to the football teams. Now you're expanding that to basketball and baseball where there's more, you know, the 1A schools and there's more schools that play in the higher classifications that don't necessarily have a football team. So – just how one, how many baseball teams are there in the state if you have the number offhand? And and two, just what would it take to really provide the coverage? Like if you you had it the way you wanted with where you're going with this in the high school race, what would it take if you had all the means necessary to really make it be productive and it get shed light on all kids around the state? Yeah, that there's around 250 baseball team so uh then that's 1a through 6a of course it, in in non-football sports they take the classifications down level and you have one through six because of the smaller schools uh when, when we were going through high school it was b yep, the b school 4a yeah. but there was no class b baseball it was just one through 4a and you need more tentacles in each part of the state to really cover it to the level that football would be covered at the problem is local media outlet local newspapers or local tv stations don't have the money to do it anymore local media has struggled uh with advertising and of course the pandemic didn't help either because of streaming audio streaming tv uh newspapers going online uh people don't want to you know They'll pay for certain information, but it's selective to that individual. It, it may mean more to me to look at something on the internet and being able to pay for it than it would you. So it, it's finding the right mix of that and being able to have a little bit of both and have a mix of it. So having somebody in each part of the state or that knows each part of the state and can build relationships. If, if you look at some of the sports writers and uh, media personalities from around the state, they just haven't focused in central Arkansas or Northwest Arkansas. And I'm talking about the guys that have been around for 20, 30 years that have done the best job because they've done the best job because they built relationships in every part of the state. They can walk into a Warren or Hamburg and have notoriety because they've been able to build those relationships and willing to, You have to step outside your comfort zone a lot like you have with women's sports at the University of Arkansas. Build those relationships. 
a lot, and I, I think a lot of young media members, not to say that they don't want to do it, is they feel uncomfortable doing it because they, they, they either put a coach on a pedestal or something. They're human beings, and it's just building relationships just like it is in my everyday job. So I can't be afraid to talk to somebody that runs a 100-store auto dealership group because that, that's my livelihood right there, just as it is with media and working with coaches and athletic directors and getting the information out there. Yeah, and, and what, I think what we've realized in the three years we've done this podcast and in the two years you've been on, we've seen yeah. so many podcasts come and go, and it's easy to talk about the football and, and the basketball and a little bit of the baseball, but you see that the consistency of these, these podcasts, they don't last because – you know, especially it's it's easy to talk about the football team when they're doing good, or it's easy to yeah. talk about the basketball team when they're doing good. But when things hit the fan, or you know, when things aren't really going as good as possible, it's it, you struggle to because you're dealing with fans wanting to get on a podcast, yeah, and they don't really want to criticize because they don't want to piss the fan base off. Because one thing we know, you don't want to piss this yeah. fan base off. And then yeah. when you get into the summer months, you're really trying to struggle to find. So, yeah, that's been the biggest thing. And you brought up a good point with, with the women's sports. And, one, it's just the women are so hungry for the – like you, with it's it's hand in hand. And I think we've had this discussion so many times off air is what our passion, it's the same thing because you, the reach, the people, they're, yeah. they're so hungry for the notoriety. They want it. They deserve it. And for some people to – see that someone actually cares about their program, it means a lot to them. So when you have – Yeah, they eat like, it up. Yeah. You know, when I can walk to the university and walk into Coach Neighbors' office or, or walk into Coach Diefel's office or anything like that, and they're, you're, that you're welcomed. And you don't feel like you're trying to muscle your way into a room when it's a football game. You might have 30 guys that you're, you're trying to fight for a question on a Zoom. But you go to – like I was in Coach Neighbors' press conference – there's three people asking questions. Yeah. You know, you go to a game like the LSU game, there's like four or five people there. So it's not just the fans that don't pay attention to it. It's the media as well. Yeah. And, and that's what's and, driven me. Go ahead. No, and I, I was going to say, um, any fan can regurgitate information that they hear or see. It's what you can bring to the table that nobody else out there knows or you know, specific questions and angles that you're willing to approach a subject. And that's, that's what the best in the business do. They're able to bring something unique to the table, no matter the sport that separates the, the fan that just wants to get on and rant and rave versus somebody that's actually reporting the news. Yeah, and that's a good point, you know, going to the games and, and of course, just getting the – talking with the coaches, and that's what I've noticed. Like, you – people think, well, I, I can get it four more hours later if I just watch it online. If you're there at the press conference, you're there at the game, I've noticed a big jump in the people paying attention to us as a media outlet because we do report on the things that other people don't. And, right. and we've seen by our numbers and our fans growing, you know. So, yeah. and exactly like with what you've done with the baseball team and how much coverage we've grown because of last year, basically just 
how in depth you did things and exactly, you know, what we had a phone conversation about yesterday with bringing something to the table that nobody else does. And your hard work has paid off because you've got somebody like a Hutchison looking at you, one of the most respected sports writers in the state yeah. of Arkansas, look at you, hey, man, I want you to be a part of what we're doing. And to me, I'm honored that you got that position because me and Kyle both know the work that you put in on it. <laughs> I and, and, it. And, and dealing with coaching a summer league team, holding down a full-time job, and then doing the in-depth stuff you got, I mean, major kudos to you. And, you know, it, 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 I'm excited to really see when this – and. I'm one of them dudes that if I got people like you and a Kyle that we form this brotherhood, dude, it's funny. I, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, your success is my success. Like I am yeah. just as excited about what's going on with you. Then I, I feel like I'm the one writing the baseball. Or yeah. I'm we the can one share it together. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how, that's how I come off. Like when Kyle was talking about his high school stuff and his, his gridiron icons podcast and, just how excited I was for, you know, what everything he had going on. And, man, I was right there like a fanboy when he was – y'all were on the the football, the state playoffs. And yeah. he was there with his, you know, on the sidelines. It, it made me kind of proud because I know where we started. And yeah. now seeing y'all flourish. But, but anyways, we'll get to the baseball team before we do. What's more important than peace and mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the tra- the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to sh- be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering fast connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So Cabo, uh, coming off a year that didn't end like we all thought it would. I mean, they, uh, they made it to the Super Regionals, but to go through the year that they did and and then NC State come in and just kind of surprise people, going into this year, what is, what's the expectations, first of all, f- from a fan's point of view? Like, what's their expectations to start off this season? You know, the, the big thing is Coach Van Horn said in his preseason press conference last Thursday before uh, their first Friday practice was we had a lot of guys come back. So we, we knew what to expect from the players in that they had unfinished business. They had they had goals that they wanted to obtain not only as a team, but individually in getting to, you know, where they want to be as a ball player. And that said a lot, and you saw it last weekend, that, A, this team has the potential to go to Omaha. They had the potential to win it if a few things come into play, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But this is going to be an exciting team to watch. You, you got guys like Caden Wallace, Robert Moore, young guys Peyton Stovall, Michael Turner, that are new to the Razorbacks, but they're, they're household names. 
uh, Peyton Stovall was one of the most, you know, coveted freshmen and passed up a lot of money to go to the University of Arkansas. Michael Turner and, and Coach Van Hornsworth is, should be playing professional baseball right now. It's a complete package. And to replace somebody like Casey Opitz is a, some big shoes to fill. So I think they have the potential. Yeah, well, will they win every SEC conference series? Will they win 22 games and then win 50 overall? Who knows? We They had some things break their way last year. Uh, and with Kevin Copps having one of the best years in recent memory for a college baseball pitcher, that allowed that stuff to happen. Uh, this year cannot be measured off last year's success because there's going to be disappointment. Uh, Coach Van Horn averages right about 40 wins, and is, he's coming up on his 20th year, so – as at the University of Arkansas, uh, but getting to host a regional with the chance to getting to Omaha, those are the expectations every year and putting themselves in a position to win a national title, which I still think is either imminent or right around the corner. I was talking the other day and Hutch wrote a, and I wrote an article and I, I put in there that, you know, before the 2018 season, I was talking to a scout and he said, on average, there's eight to 10 professional prospects on the roster at the University of Arkansas. That year, there were 16. Jeez. And he said, get ready, because the next five to seven years, it with a pipeline of talent that's coming through and Coach Van Horn being able to stack top five classes on each other and get kids to campus like Caden Wallace, Robert Moore, Peyton Stovall, even a Jackson Wiggins who had to turn down money. Those young men had, will give the University of Arkansas a chance to hoist their first, first trophy in, in Omaha. And I think it's it, it could happen this year. It could happen next year. But they're, they're getting closer, and they're going to be there at the end. You, you said it perfectly right there, their first national championship. They have done all this without even winning a national championship. Yeah. Just, just think how that's going to accelerate their – dynasty that and I, you know what I'm one of them that in a sport like baseball and we've talked about like other teams and other leagues like JUCO just how hard it is to get to the national championship and you can have a dynasty without winning a national championship in, yeah, in my you opinion can. yeah you and can. it's not like the best dynasty but you can still in in the new facility in at Arkansas and I have not had a chance to go look at it. I don't know if you've been able to take a sneak peek of it yeah, or not. Yeah. But <laughs> it, with something like that and just the expectations that these guys know, they know what is expected of him, and it's not like fear. They know their next man up. They know the program they're in. Do you see a different kind of swagger with these players coming out of that facility that, that you would maybe three, four years ago? I think there's more – of a maturity level than I would say confidence or swagger. You have young men that are growing up, you know, right before us. And that's the thing. They're young men. You know, some of them aren't even 20 years old yet that are, and Hagen Smith who just turned 18 in August has a chance to be a weekend starter, you know, on, on the pitching staff. So they have there. And the funny thing is these kids are humble about it they know and that all this opportunity could be taken away from them at any time. They're, they're humble. They feel the need to 
show that appreciation and gratitude every time they step on the field and wear that Razorback across their chest, the A on the hat. And they're all about it, man. They get after it every day. They, you know, they're up early in there. You know, Coach Van Horn said he is. So we got to run these guys out of here sometimes because they'll they'll come in at midnight and hit. So that just shows you the commitment that these young men are making. It don't help that you got the nice facility and the ping pong tables yeah. and the you know yeah. the the common area. I, I think Phil Elsa was talking about that on the radio that they like they yeah. they have to have staff there like really telling them to go home. But man, when you're a college kid, hey, I do I want to go to my dorm, my apartment? Do I want to hang out in this sweet facility here at the baseball? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything at your disposal. I, and like I said. If you want to go into kind of what's in it or what you know whatnot, but it, just imagine like you see all these hype videos of these facilities with the barbershops and the bowling alleys and stuff that the football programs are putting in. It, it's kind of crazy to walk into something and not want to go home. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing is, and I think the best way to describe the facility is it's the complete package and taking care of a student athlete mentally, physically. Uh, and it, it gives them the opportunity because there's a nutrition um, section of it where they can make sure they're getting rehydrated, their, their sports performance uh, technicians, uh, as I like to call them, the, the weight room is phenomenal. And then you got the, the technology in the bullpen that can diagnose pitches, you know, in real time. So, Pitchers back in you know, my my day, as I like 20 years ago, we, we'd make adjustments every inning. You can make adjustments on every pitch now because here's the thing. Numbers tell a story, and I like to use that in a lot of different ways. So numbers can tell a story uh, as a pitcher. So as those numbers tell the story and those kids understand what Matt Hobbs is telling them, it becomes a feel. It becomes natural for them, okay? So if Zach Morris from Cabot, who's a third-year player up there, knows how to make an adjustment from pitch to pitch, it's going to make them better overall instead of, oh, well, we left some out there. We left one on the table. So that they can make those adjustments a lot faster, and they can do it in the boxes hitters as well. So – it, the the technology part of that place just blew blew me away. So let's start with the offensive side of the ball. And what I know we you know Robert Moore of course is coming back and and just your guys that you know were from the team last year. But who's some guys that need to, you know kind of like a Christian Franklin, somebody who's going to not be there on the radar per se, but they're going to make a name themselves. And, and what do you see? If you're you can, you know, what do you see the starting lineup being, you know, when when it comes down to their first series in a couple of weeks? Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll go around the horn real quick. Michael Turner, if healthy, he dealt with a little issue. I think it was hamstring back in the fall, uh, but but he'll be the 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 main guy behind the plate. Pitchers love throwing to him. Dylan Leach is going to back him up. He should be a freshman this year. Of course, he enrolled early and learned learned under Casey Opitz last year. Coach Van Horn has had nothing but good things to say. He hit well last weekend. The, the receiving, the blocking's got to get better for Leach, uh, but expect Turner to be the everyday guy back there. Uh, Peyton Stovall, who D1Baseball.com uh, named their preseason freshman All-American for the conference. We talked about him a little bit earlier. He's going to be at first base. 
played a little bit of third in the fall. That really didn't work out, but he'll probably transition to second after Robert Moore leaves. Of course, you got Moore and battles up the middle. Moore coming off a year where he hit 16 home runs. I think the plate discipline is going to be a little bit better for him and the team overall, not meaning that they're going to draw more walks because they may even after they led the nation in walks last year, but when to hit their pitches and not letting the pitch that they can drive to the gap or over the wall go by. Um, I think the strikeout numbers will go down as well. So with him and battles in the middle, you got one of the best tandems in Arkansas history and in the nation. I think it's going to be big time for them. Battles came off the shoulder surgery on his non-throwing arm. Uh, just started taking ground balls in December. The approach is better at the plate. He got to spend a lot of time with Coach Thompson going over that approach and how he's going to be a better offensive player. He had six home runs, 43 RBIs last year, and was one of the best hitters down the stretch for this team. And Coach Van Horn pointed that out, that he was just coming into his own. So expect a little bit more firepower. I think that batting average goes up and could be around 300. Caden uh, Wallace coming off a freshman All-American year with 14 home runs is going to be at the hot corner at third. That's what they recruited him as. Played a really good right field last year. Had a did, had an error-free year out there. Everybody knew the arm was really good. So he played a little bit of outfield, center field uh, in the Cape Cod League this past summer. But he's going to be at third base. The outfield's the biggest question mark right now. Brady Slavens, who came back, is moving to the outfield. Anybody that saw the Razorbacks play last year knows Brady's not a burner on the bases. Do you have to run a 6'5 to be an effective outfielder? No, it helps. But if you know how to take angles, get good jumps, reads on the ball, you can be an effective outfielder and not be a burner. Heston Kerstad was a perfect example. He ran well, but not great. Casey Martin could fly. He could play outfield. He didn't at University of Arkansas, but he did prior to that. So in the rest of the outfield, Jace Borofin's a name that, Arkansas fans will come to learn and love. He hit one last week. I was talking to a buddy of mine that was there. He's a scout for the St. Louis Cardinals. He said Bo Rofen hit one to Louisiana. And I said, yeah, I heard it still hasn't. Sounds like a yet. good name you could get behind. Yeah, that <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it, it hit off the Hunt Center. It came off the bat at 105. Ooh. He he made an adjustment this offseason. And I know our listeners can't see me right now, but – his top, he's left-handed, so his top hand was wrapping the bat a little bit, which causes you to roll over, get out, get around the ball quite a bit, and not not stay inside it. Now he's got that quick whipping action to where everything's in line, and he can stay on a ball and drive it gap to gap over the wall. He was an all-star in the Cape Cod League this summer. I think he'll he has the potential to hit double-digit home runs. A couple other guys to look for out there. Gabe DRC is a freshman. Uh, Coach Van Horn's talked a little bit about him. I think he'll add depth in the outfield. And then you got Chris Lanzilli, who in 2019 hit 19 home runs for Wake Forest. He hit 40 some, 42 or 43 in his career for them. He has the ability um, to hit, play left field. We'll see about that. I think he may figure in at the DH role. And then the the, the question mark is Braden Webb. We, we saw it last year opening series that the coach van horn said look we're gonna put him at the bottom of the lineup let him figure it out if he hits he'll move up if not if he hits and we keep him down there great he showed the ability to hit the ball and hit the ball well 
in, in 2020 in the shortened year, he hit 340. The year before that, junior college, I think he had double-digit home runs and hit 380, I think. He had he struck out five of nine times last weekend in the scrimmage. Uh, he's had some lingering injuries. It's it's now or never for him. So if he can figure it out, he's going to be their everyday center fielder because of his athletic ability and his defensive skills. Is Coach Van Horn willing to sacrifice a little bit of offense in one position for, for the greater good, knowing that, you know, one hit or one run that he could save in a game out there running down fly balls? We'll see. Uh, Bo Rofen wants to play center field. So I believe he, Coach Van Horn, that they have options out there, and they're going to be able to see early on who can perform the best in certain situations. Bo Rofen and Slavens are left-handed. Lanzilli's right. Braden Webb's right. I think those are your top four out there right now. Uh, you've got some other freshmen that may factor in. Kendall Diggs from Kansas City, St. Thomas Aquinas. High school, he was a top 150 player by perfect game. Plays both corners, first and third. Max Solis, he's a 6'5", 225 uh, from Bob Jones High School in Alabama. He catches, but he's played outfield, first base. Hit two home runs last weekend. They were off Will McIntyre and Tyler Cacciatore, two guys that haven't thrown a lot of innings for Arkansas. But still, to hit a home run, hit back-to-back home runs is a big deal at the collegiate level on a team like Arkansas. I don't care if it's inner squad or not. So Drake Bernardo's another freshman who could factor in. Uh, he's, he's an infielder, uh, possibly the shortstop of the future after battles goes on and plays pro ball. So that's really your, your offense right there. And, and can't forget Zach Gregory, Mr. Arkansas. Um, I, I said the other day, he, he's in the, the form of a Carson Shetty or Hunter Wilson. He's that guy that's going to give everything he's got. He's a team captain. Players look up to him. And he gets on base a lot. He got hit like 27 times last year. I know he really didn't, but <laughs> he got hit a lot last year. So he's going to get on base. He's going to be Mr. Hustle. He's going to be that ignition switch. He's going to be that Casey Opitz that's a raw, raw guy, as opposed to Caden Wallace, who's going to lead by example. Not saying Gregory doesn't lead by example, but Gregory's that boisterous, that loud leader. Wallace is just going to speak softly and carry a big stick. So the those are the guys that you'll see in the lineup, in and out, but – the infield is set, catching set. They just got to figure out the outfield, who's going to hit, who's going to DH. And then, of course, the biggest question mark, you know, going into, you know, the, the pitching rotation. You know, you lose cops, you have, lose another two injury. And a question I'd asked you before we started recording was, do you think the way that cops pitched last year, does that change – coach's philosophy? Do you think now he's going to find maybe find a guy that could come in and give him – four innings of closing two games, or was that just how special Cops was and that was an anomaly? I mean, what do we expect moving forward? Was that just, like I said, was that just an anomaly? I think it's more of an anomaly just because of who Kevin Cops was. He'd already had TJ uh, back in 2018. He'd pitched for a long time. He reinvented himself, and he, he did that at an age to where he's in peak physical condition. He knew his body. He knew what he could do, and it benefited the University of Arkansas last year. He, he was the ultimate Swiss Army knife, and I said that when I was on the podcast with you and Kyle that you could rely on him in any situation, and the Razorbacks used it down the stretch whenever they needed to. So you won't see anybody do anything like that. The, the closest, I would say, is 
because everybody thinks of him because he's been there since 2012 is Cole Ramage. Uh, he, he, he pitched in the College World Series in game two against Oregon State. He came in in the sixth inning, and it was posted on, on Hogbeat this morning. He, we, we were up three to two. Razorbacks were up three to two. Runners on first and second. He got them out of the inning, and, but, but he was up to 92 last weekend. Is he a guy that could really come in and be that bridge to the back end of uh, – I think you'll have some young guys that potential closers in Gabe Starks and Nick Moten. But looking at the rotation, Peyton Paulette was a big deal. That, that, that's going to hurt because he was a projected first-round pick, still could be, um, top 15 pitcher in America, one of the top right-handers. And losing somebody like that puts you in a little bit of a bind but allows somebody else to step up. So who's going to be that guy? Connor, Connor Nolan looked like the ace of the staff last weekend. The velocity's up. He's in the best shape of his life. He's missing barrels but staying in the zone. His freshman year, he had a strikeout-to-walk ratio of 55 to 14. That's great. If he could be anywhere near that again and keep that ERA below four, he'll have a, he'll have a great year. We got spoiled as fans and as media because we had back-to-back years of Isaiah Campbell and Blaine Knight. So as a fan base, we expect the next person to have the same year. It's not going to happen. Those are different pitchers with different abilities. So, Hagan Smith, who had talked about the left-handed pitcher from Bullard, Texas, threw seven no-hitters as a senior last year in Texas, which is ridiculous. He put up video game numbers. He's going to work 90 to 93, control of three pitches. He's that guy that's in the form of Nick Schmidt who could come in, pitch for three years, and make all-conference three years and be a pitcher of the year in the SEC. He has that type of ability, first-round talent. After him, who knows? Jackson Wiggins, can he finally figure it out? He's going to get every chance to start because of his potential and the athleticism and the talent. Uh, Mark Admiak uh, had a great weekend. He was 93 to 96, pitched in the summer where he could go five or six innings. He profiles as a starter. Even Austin Ledbetter, the quarterback from Bryant, that's how people know him, but he signed to play baseball at a young age in ninth or 10th grade. And he's going to pitch for the University of Arkansas. I think he has the potential to get some week, uh, midweek starts. So they're going to early on, they got about three weeks to figure it out. And then they get in the conference play when the University of Kentucky makes a visit to Baumwalker Stadium. So expect the opening weekend, they're going to throw the kitchen sink. And then they go to Round Rock, Texas. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough, I'll be down there. Uh, covering the event, and they'll get to play some really good ball teams in Indiana, Stanford, and Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, that, that'll be the first real test to see, you know, what, what are these young kids about? How are they going to perform on the road in front of you – know, there'll be some fans down there. It's going to be a good atmosphere, just like it was in Arlington last year. The, the fans were limited, like we know, you know, to the 15,000, 16,000. But uh, I think Round Rock will be a good experience for these young men to get down there, play as a t- team but there's a lot of chemistry yeah I guess we'll end on this um we're talking about Connor Noland and man just how important do you think it would be for him you know we know the decision he had to make whether he wanted to play baseball or football and he, he chose to play baseball and just things never kind of came around to where our expectations and maybe his expectations 
we're at. So how, how much do you think this would mean to him, really, if he just had an explosive year and ended on the highest note of where he goes down as one of the most respected pitchers or Razorbacks ever? I mean, do you do you think that is always in the back of his mind? And, and what's your expectations for that this year? Having seen Connor operate since he was a sophomore in high school, I remember the first time I saw him, I was umpiring uh, a spring break tournament at Little Rock Central. And Trey Holloway, who was the head coach of Greenwood at the time, uh, and a former Razorback, uh, he was a pitcher. There, there's a number 21 out there, and he looked, you know, looked apart and everything. And where did this guy come from? Oh, he just came in from Las Vegas. Name's Connor Nolan. He said he plays football too. And so that that was the first time I got to, you know, know Connor. And he was really baby faced then. Didn't have the full beard or anything. And he, uh, he played really well, played third base, swung it really well. I think he came in for an inning or two and pitched. Uh, so following him and seeing what he did in the state finals his senior year against Benton at Ballmwalker Stadium w- was something to behold. You know, he didn't walk that many that year. The ERA was like under one. He didn't allow a run, an earned run in like his last eight starts. So he was the two sports the two-sport messiah that was coming to University of Arkansas. He signed at the Coliseum in Rome. He told every Major League Baseball team, don't draft me because I'm going to go to the University of Arkansas and fulfill my promise, my commitment. So when the, when the football thing didn't work out, I really got excited because I think his arm was a little dead his freshman year. The velo was, you know, 87 to 89. He flashed a 90. But he wasn't getting the most out of it. I think his legs were dead by then as well. Gave up football, and it's just been a nagging thing from then on. It got to be a mental block to where um, after he would come back from, from an injury or he was down for a little bit. So I think the, the biggest thing is this would be a validation of somebody. It would be potential fulfilled. And I'm pulling for him personally as a media member. I hope he goes out there and shoves every weekend and hope he does a great job because he has the ability. We've seen it in the past. He one hit Mississippi State a couple years ago when they were ranked like number two or three in the nation. They came to Ballmarker Stadium. He shoved against them. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully this next weekend he'll get out there, do the same thing. They'll stretch him out. And that opening weekend on Friday, he takes the mound and just gut gets after it. And I think the whole state of Arkansas is going to be behind him. Real, really, you know, yeah. to to make you know, it's it's crazy. You you think of Greenwood, Arkansas, you, you, and the Morgans, and now you got the yeah. Nolan. You know, it, it's just one of them things you want to get behind that in-state kid. But we'll, we'll wrap it up there, Kevin. Man, appreciate your your time to come on and show some love for the baseball team and really get us you ready bet. for the upcoming season and. I mean, again, it is a pleasure to always have you on. You're always welcome back on. Anytime, brother. I appreciate it. Well, that will do it for episode number 234 of the Hog Talk podcast. And remember, we're always presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.